This conference will now be recorded. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our second session with Elizabeth Inman. Today, we are going to discuss an overview of her book entitled Retirement Today, which includes five dangers of federal retirement. So we're going to do an overview of the, of the five dangers of federal retirement today. And at the end, we'll let you know where you can get a copy of the book and where you can actually reach out to Elizabeth if you have questions or would like to discuss your retirement. So Elizabeth, welcome back. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. You got it. So let's um, let's share with the audience what those five dangers are and uh, give them an overview of each of these. And then the next session, we're going to get in specifically more detail on each of these five dangers. But as a retired federal employee, you have lived this. So you are definitely the authority to be able to speak on it. So um, let's get into it. Uh, go ahead and, and discuss these five dangers that everybody should be aware of. Okay, Jeff, thank you. You know, as you said, I'm a retired federal employee myself. And when I got that paperwork and I sat down to fill out all, you know, all those little boxes, all those little places that I had to fill information out, I realized that in two, two and a half hours, I was gonna make every decision that was gonna affect the rest of not just my life, but my family's life, sitting right there with that paperwork. And I was so not prepared for it. So then as I continued on and I started Federal Employee Benefit Coordinators, um, my second career, I've really built it all on the basis of these five dangers of federal retirement. And those five dangers were the five things that I didn't know myself. And each one of those things can be extremely costly to myself and or to my family. So the first one being health insurance. I just thought it was a piece of cake. You know, I'm retiring off, you know, drift off into the sunset during my golden years and health insurance was just a given. Little did I know, first of all, the particular agency I retired from stopped paying their portion of it. So there was an increase. So that's number one, we all need to know what's gonna cost us, right? And yeah. then in the last 10 yeah. years with healthcare.gov and you know uh, the Affordable Care Act, everything that's going on all the way to the, the political environment we find ourselves in right now as federal employees and or federal retirees, we gotta pay attention to what's going on in the legislature because they are definitely, definitely impacting our benefits, such as health insurance. So staying on top of the times, what is the current legislation that's out there pending? You know, right now there's a bill before Congress that would completely take all postal employees off of the federal employee health benefit plan, create a postal benefit plan. And who knows? I mean, I'm sure I'm the only one that feels this way, but anytime the government is getting ready to do something to our federal benefits, it's not in our best interest. So no, no up, you're right. You're right about that. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> so staying up with what's going on with our health insurance is extremely important. The other piece of that is what if both of you guys are 
uh, federal employees. By the stroke of a pen on the paperwork, you literally could knock one or both of you out of being able to be qualified for the health insurance plan just by the way you fill out your paperwork. So these are areas that are dangerous that you got to be so careful about your health insurance. The next piece is life insurance. You know, I was very blessed. I had a great career. I had moved up the ladder to an EAS 26 position. At one time, I had over 1,600 employees that I was responsible for. You know, you would have thought that by the time I was ready to retire from a career like that, that I'd know what I was talking about, right? And I literally got that form in front of me, and I saw the four options of life insurance, which I was aware of, basic, Option A, option B, option C. But little did I know I have to make three decisions on basic. And I've got a number of decisions to make about options B and option C. So basic is your salary rounded up plus 2,000. Option A is simple. It's a flat 10,000. Option B is where it can get complicated. And option B is where it gets extremely expensive, especially in retirement. And then with option C, once again, a number, a number of different options that you can uh, utilize filling out that paperwork. And I didn't know it until I'm filling out the paperwork. It's like, how did I not know that? Literally with my salary um, at the agency where I worked, I had, I had right at a million dollars worth of life insurance. I thought I had it made. I mean, I had paid for that my whole career. So I wasn't even thinking any kind of life insurance or any kind of problems with life insurance because I thought I had it made. That's not the case. And, and for those that did not catch the first episode, how many years? Um, just over 24. Okay, so 24 years of paying that. Yes, 24 okay. years of paying that. Wow. So you, we, we got to be careful with what we're, what, what we're doing with our benefits. We really need a strategic plan in place way before we retire. Because this is what happened with me. I waited because I didn't know. You know, you know that saying, you don't know what you don't know. Well, I didn't know, and it was too late for me. I mean, there I was at retirement before I, I found out what happens to our life insurance benefits, the FEGLI, Federal Employees Group Life Insurance, after you retire. So you've got to know what all four of those options are, how they work, and then what happens and what the cost is after you retire. So that's Fegley. So a third one is the surviving spouse benefit. Once again, you know, rocking along, enjoying my career, very ambitious, moving up the ranks. Yeah, I'd heard, I'd heard, you know, ah, uh, you know, something happens to me, my husband can get half my, my pension. Okay, that's a pretty good deal. Ah, uh, it's going to cost you 10%. Oh, okay, so there's a cost to that. No big deal, right? right. Until about my second, third year into my second career, I bought some software that actually put some numbers down. Oh my gosh, start making decisions based on numbers? Because what do we do as federal employees? We, we think about, okay, I got hired October the 16th of 1986, I'm gonna retire 30 years later on October the 16th of 2016. We, we set out to retire based on a date. So that's why my mission statement, 
doing what I'm doing is to move federal and postal employees away from retiring based on a date into retirement based on solid financial information because surviving spouse benefit is a perfect example of that. Oh, I'd heard 10%. Well, that didn't seem bad until I ran my first federal benefits analysis report that showed a FERS employee retiring, leaving the full surviving spouse benefit to his wife. And lo and behold, 10 years into retirement, the cumulative cost of that was going to cost him over $32,000. And the kicker is, is that if the wife dies first, you don't get any of that money back. If the spouse predeceases the federal retiree, they don't get any of that money back. And you know what? There's some better options out there if we know to put a plan in place in time to give us those options. But the sad part is I didn't even know there were options. I had no idea there was an alternative option that I could select that would take care of my family, take care of my spouse, and not cost me an arm and a leg in retirement. So surviving spouse benefit. Once again, I mentioned uh, the first danger, remember, was Federal Employees Health Benefit Plan. Don't right. forget that surviving spouse benefit has a direct impact on whether or not your spouse after retirement will keep your health insurance. So another potential pitfall, a danger that you need to look out for by the stroke of a pen, you could not only not make the right decision about surviving spouse benefit, but you certainly could kick your spouse out of even having health insurance um, once you've retired. Surviving spouse benefit. And then another one, you know, I'm just transparent, Jeff. I just, I am what I am. I am a federal retiree myself. And it wasn't until I went to training to get certified in federal benefits that I found out that every federal and postal employee doesn't just have one beneficiary that they need to have on file with the federal government, not two or three, four. There's four beneficiary forms that every federal and postal employee needs to have on file. Otherwise, you're gonna create havoc for your surviving spouse and your, and your beneficiaries that are left behind. So <clears throat> there's four of those. Uh, if you don't know what all four of them are, then you're not likely to have the, the four. You know, the, the, the logical one, of course, is the life insurance. Everybody knows about life insurance. But yeah. here I am, I'm sitting in a class learning about these four beneficiaries. And lo and behold, I had no idea what the four was. So your actual retirement system, whether you're a civil service retiree, which there's not very many of those left, less than 3% in the, in the uh, workplace now, or a FERS, Federal Employee Retirement System employee, you need a beneficiary form for your retirement funds. They're actually taking money out of your check every two weeks and putting it into your retirement fund that they then uh, put additional funds with and calculate using the formula that as of today is still the top high three. They're wanting to change that. You all know that, right? So, oh, another topic. Don't chase yeah. the another Yes, another topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, uh, to uh, um, figure your pension for you. So that, that fund itself requires a beneficiary form. So you've got your uh, FERS beneficiary form, life insurance beneficiary form, and then of course TSP, that's, that's pretty self-explanatory. You need a TSP3 beneficiary form. But the one that most people don't know about is called unpaid compensation. So 
you know, you're out there working, you've worked six days this pay period, and you decide to go for a wild ride on your motorcycle, and you have a wreck, and we've lost you, those six days of pay, plus all of your earned annual leave to date, goes to the whatever beneficiary you name, and you need to have a beneficiary on file for it. So those are the four beneficiary forms. I, now, did, not really, know, I did not know about the fourth one, and I've been doing really? this 12 years. Oh my goodness. That you just made my whole day. I well, have something. I was new just thinking me. when you started this, I I and I was just going through okay, life insurance, pension, TSP, and I I did not realize you had to have a separate form. Um, yes. Unpaid compensation. Uh, the way it really got drove home for me, Jeff, I was about my third year into doing what I'm doing as a federal benefit coordinator, and I got a phone call from a couple. They both worked at a processing distribution plant for the United States Postal Service. They were on their second marriage, both of them in their 50s. She was around 52, he's 56. They'd been married for 15 years. They had the same days off and they had uh, uh, got, got up that morning, had um, breakfast together and she walked out on the patio and at 52 years old, she died of a massive heart attack. He contacted me to help wow. him with all of the paperwork. And lo and behold, to make a long story short, um, she had never changed beneficiaries, and I got to sit there at that table with a grown man who loved his wife very much, who had just lost her, and watch him cry because the ex-husband was going to get everything. So I'm very passionate about these beneficiary forms, and that's just one of many stories I could tell you. So make sure you've got your beneficiary forms on file. That is a danger, and it does impact you in retirement. So let me, uh, before we get to number five, uh, official personnel folder, is that correct? Yes, OPF. OPF. So is 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 all that, I've, I was told that um, employees should review that once a year just for accuracy. Will that information yes. be found in there? Is that where you can go to? It, it depends on which agency. It? It depends uh -oh. on which agency you work for. Uh, okay. The general answer to that is yes, that information should be found in your official personnel folder. Um, but some of them have gone strictly online and you've got to know which spot to go to to check your online beneficiary forms. Got it. So that's okay. something if you want information, you can contact me directly and I'll help you with it. Okay. And at the end, we'll give out that information. So, okay. Number five. Very good. Okay, through a savings plan. So as a FERS retiree, when they did away with the civil service system, civil service is a one income stream. Um, if you go to the uh, opm.gov website, they will refer to it one-legged stool. FERS employees, uh, when they created the FERS system and did away with the old civil service, they made a three income stream, or as, is, as referred to in the opm.gov website, a three-legged stool for retirement. Those three links, those three legs of retirement, three income streams is your FERS pension, first of all. Then they made us dependent on Social Security and that the federal government considers that one third of your retirement system is Social Security. And the third leg is uh, your, your thrift savings plan. Now, I really wish they had asked me before they ever did this and I would have told them to call it the thrift retirement plan. Um, that was supposed to be funny, Jeff, just saying. <laughs> well, I've always asked that question. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure 
you know, how that, that came to be, but no one's well, ever answered savings the, on that one. The fact that they call it a thrift savings plan implies that it's just a savings account. And unfortunately, too many federal and postal employees use it just as that, as a savings plan. Exactly. And then they've robbed themselves of one third of their retirement. So um, way too much to go over uh, information than what we have today, but that thrift savings plan inside of that has many dangers and pitfalls you need to be aware of. Now, I will tell you that as of September of last year, 2019, um, Thrift Savings Modernization Act took place and it fixed a lot of things. You know, they had an opportunity they could have hit a home run for us federal folks, but they didn't. I say they hit about a double. Um, because they still left out some things, such as the fact that TSP is not multi-generational. That's big in my mind. I mean, I, I, I worked and myself, I put 16% of my salary into my thrift savings plan and to think that I could literally make a decision, you know, check a box on a piece of paper or online now and knock my kids out of inheriting what's left of my thrift savings is just almost unbelievable to me. So things we need to know about thrift savings. We need to know what happened with the TSP modernization of September of 2019. And then we had the CARES Act that just went through in, in January of 2020 that also impacts our thrift savings plan. And it changed when the IRS forces us to do what's called RMDs, which stands for Required Minimum Distributions. And those are things that as we get into it, we'll talk more in depth about uh, when we go over in depth the thrift savings plan uh, dangers. So that's the five dangers of federal retirement. There you go, Great Jeff. Great information. Great information. Uh, so uh, for those of you that are viewing this episode on YouTube or one of our other uh, networks, you can obtain a copy of Elizabeth's book on Amazon. Retirement Today, including Five Dangers of Federal Retirement, which we just went over the overview. Also, if they want to get a hold of you, Elizabeth, how, how would they do that? If they have questions or like a retirement consultation, go through an analysis, how would they do that? They can uh, reach me by going to retirechoices.com or using the 800 number. And that 800 number is 888. 545-8840 extension 4 and that will connect you to Elizabeth's team. You can also request on our website fedchecklist.com great source for um, retirement information some of which Elizabeth and I are going to dive in deeper and the upcoming sessions, but uh, there's great information on that side. And you can also book a meeting uh, with Elizabeth um, online, so you can check that out. So let's talk about our our next uh, episode that's coming up. Um, we're going to get into the health insurance, correct? Yes. Well, I'll go into depth about the health insurance, tell you, you know, some of the things that's happening in the legislature, uh, some of the things you need to know, for instance, some of the major carriers can will reimburse you some big bucks, several hundred dollars if you go ahead uh, at age 65 and sign up for Medicare Part B, you know, just some things that might save you some money, might keep you from costing yourself some money. 
Okay, sounds good. So look for that next episode. If you subscribe uh, to our channel, you're, you could receive it via email, but that will be coming up shortly as Elizabeth and I uh, get back together and, and get into the health insurance and some of the pitfalls there. So Elizabeth, once again, thank you. I know you're thank busy. You, I appreciate yeah. your time today. But thank you. I so enjoyed getting to spend time with you. Well, we'll be back. Look for the next episode. This concludes our session today, and uh, we wish everybody a safe and healthy week and look for our next session. Thanks a lot.